So uh, I'm Todd. All the old guys in this class are Todd. So, um, And that's my wife, Laura Lynn, back there in the glittery mask. Um, we've already had this discussion with the people around, but uh, I teach in high school and coach football. I'm the only physics teacher at Siegel, so I teach physics and honors physics and AP physics, which is relatively new because I taught mostly chemistry and biology before that, a little bit of math. Um, and I, I adjunct at Lipscomb in their chemistry department um, with Gen Chem and Organic Chem, uh, which, which, which brings me to say this, and this is ad-libbed, this has nothing to do with the lesson, but I don't know how many of y'all are getting ready to take exams, but Laura Lynn's taught college English and I've taught college chemistry and, and organic. If you need help, we're happy to help you if that happens to be something that you're getting ready to get crushed in. Um, but um, just tossing that out there. Um, and we lived in Chattanooga for uh, most of our lives, raised our kids there mostly. Um, and then I got a head coaching job in West Tennessee and we went out there for a while. And then um, when that was over, uh, I told Laura Lynn, you move to West Tennessee with me, find your dream job, we'll go there. And she got a job at Central Magnet here and so here we are. Uh, we've been here for, I guess, four years, right at four years, getting, getting close to four years now. Um, so we've been in all the parts of Tennessee, basically. Uh, so that's a little background, just so you guys, if I say something that sounds out of character for a Murfreesburian, um, it's probably a West Tennessee or East Tennessee thing. You, you're welcome to ask for clarification. Um, so this is an odd topic for a college class. I recognize that. I chose it because I like to choose odd things. Um, I'm kind of an odd person. My wife will attest. Uh, I, I coach football. Uh, I like science. That right away makes me an odd person, okay? Um, I didn't major in education, but I teach. That makes me an odd person. Um, so uh, I like cats and dogs. Um, so, uh-oh, what just happened? Oh. Just went to screensaver for a second. Um, so I know that this is an odd thing. And here's what I want to ask. How many of y'all have grown up, and, and this is not a good or bad thing. It's, this is just for my information. How many people have grown up going to church in a Christian church, Church of Christ Baptist, some, some sort of one of our Southern American Protestant? Yes, everyone? Yeah, okay. All right. So let me ask this then. You ready? How many of you have ever seriously studied the Old Testament? I'm not so okay. not yet. Now, now, I have, maybe, yes, I know Laura has, about to. That's fascinating to me. Okay? And when I was growing up, that never really occurred to me. I, I grew up going to the same places that y'all did. Okay? It never really occurred to me that in sermons and in Sunday school class, like when you're a little kid, you do a lot of Old Testament stuff because there's a lot of cool stories in there. Oh, uh, every time you move and the leg hits the HDMI. Oh, is that what's doing it? Okay, the is shortened. So I fidget, that's another, you're just gonna have to live with that. I, I take Vivance, but it doesn't cut the fidgets. So, um, uh, so like you guys, in sermons, occasionally, the preacher would reference Old Testament stuff. When you were in little people class in Sunday school, you did all Old Testament stories because those go good on the felt boards and stuff, right? 
like dudes in robes and talking donkeys and that kind of stuff. Y'all remember all that? Yes? Yeah, you remember the talking donkey? Balaam? And the, yeah. yeah. You remember all that? Yeah? Okay. But, but at some time after about, I don't know, what, second or third grade, it's like all that goes away. And, and, and it's like New Testament, New Testament, New Testament. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's just a thing. Would we all agree? Yes? Okay, so here's, here's just a quick thing. Where is the most Scripture, old or new? Old. Way more. Where's the most history of God's people contained, old or new? Oh. Where's the most diverse group of God's people, old or new? Ah, see, ah, now we're getting some disagreement. So amazingly, they're both very diverse. Yes? Yes, except for there's no such thing as a nation of Israel until you get through the first five books of the old, right? Right? And even then, they're nomads just wandering around until Joshua settles them. And even then, they're really nomadic. I mean, I know they're settled, but they live in amongst a bunch of other people who they never really threw out until David, Saul comes along and establishes a kingdom. Yes? But you're right. The, the narrative of the Old Testament is primarily God working through His chosen people to bring the Messiah. Yes? Okay. But, okay, so let me ask this. And now, No one asked me this question until I got in college. I was in a college Bible class where we were studying the Old Testament. So, um, and um, this, this was like a profound revelation to me at 21 and I should have had it earlier, but you know, I mean, sometimes people say stuff and you just never thought about it that way. Are you ready? When the New Testament people talk about Scripture, what are they talking about? Because there was no New Testament when the New Testament people were talking about Scripture. The, the New Testament as we know it today didn't happen for 600 years after the first century. Now, that's not to say the books were all written 600 years later. It's to say it wasn't gathered together into a compilation like we have it and, and declared these are our canon until 600 years later. Those writings just circulated as letters and stuff among different churches. And so for basically until the year 600 and something, 700 and something, Scripture was the Old Testament. And then you had the writings. I'm just, now, how many people knew that before I said it? Ah. So if you read early church people, like first and second century people, which our particular brand of Christianity, and I, I'm not saying that in any bad or good way, I'm just saying kind of American Protestantism, not high church, I'm going to say things, if y'all don't understand what I'm saying, not high churchy churches, y'all know what I'm saying, that have a lot of ritual and are old, have been around for, y'all know what I'm talking about, 
but more like our kind of churches, okay? We don't, we don't emphasize like church history and, and, and what happened in the first 700 years or 800 years of Christianity, okay? But, but I didn't know that till I was in college either. I guess I just never asked myself, here are all these guys writing stuff, Paul and Peter and right, and you know what I'm talking about? And they're writing letters and those letters, when did all that get put together? 600 years later. There are actually several councils, but the, Old Te the New Testament as you know it was 600 years after the fact. Okay? So this then gets to be really important. Because when you see references to Scripture in Scripture, it's always talking about the Old Testament. When Jesus preached, what was his scriptural text? When he, and when he says that, he's talking about written where? It's the Old Testament. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we want to know what Jesus was trying to tell us, we've got to start with the Old Testament. In fact, um, and this is just a little history, Jesus was a rabbi. That's the Jewish word. It just means teacher. But it also meant a lot of special stuff back then. And Paul was a rabbi. They were formally trained. Okay? Do you know what every Jewish male did to learn Hebrew? Because you know those guys didn't speak Hebrew, right? <laughs> How many people knew that no one in the first century spoke Hebrew until they learned it? It wasn't their native language. Aramaic was the native language of people who grew up in, in Israel at the time, and Greek was the native language of everybody else. We just went over that in Daniel, right? Because Alexander the Great had conquered everyone 200 years before. Right? So they had to learn Hebrew. They didn't grow up speaking it. They didn't speak it in their houses. That wasn't the common language. Do you know what all Jewish males did to learn Hebrew? Wrote memorization. Uh, wrote memorization. You know what they memorized until they were 12 years old? The Torah. Who said, did somebody over there say it? The Torah. Do you know what the Torah is? It's part of it. It's the first five. Genesis, Exodus, we would say Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yes? They memorized it word for word in the Hebrew and wrote it. That's how they learned to write and speak Hebrew. So by the time they were 12, now ladies, Jewish females didn't do this. This was not our generation, okay? They were busy doing other stuff, okay? But every male, every male had written and memorized the first five books of the Bible by the time they were 12. And then the ones who were especially good at it, who not only wrote and memorized it but had unique insights, were handpicked by rabbis for learning. Yeah? And they went on and memorized the other stuff in the Old Testament and wrote that. But when Jesus picks his followers, and this is something we miss, and when he's preaching to crowds, 
Every male out there knows the first five books of the Bible word for word. Every single one of them has memorized the first five books of the Bible in Hebrew and, and Greek or whatever their native language is. So he assumes that, and so does Paul. They assume that their audience, they don't, that's why they, they say things and they don't make, they don't say, in the book of, this is said. They just say, it's written, da-da. And they expect their whole audience to go, oh uh, yeah, of course, we know that, we memorize it. Does that make sense to y'all? Yeah? So if we're going to understand, if we want to be good witnesses, we need to at least become familiar with the OT. And not in a little kid, I mean, little kid stories, that's how the Old Testament's written. But the stories aren't written for little, they are written for little kids. But they're also written to tell us something, okay? So that's why we're going to do this. Now, normally this class takes me a long time. I was talking to Carol. Depending on who I'm teaching it to and, and, and how long we have, this is taking me anywhere from six months to a year, okay? We have six weeks, so something like that, some, something like that. So I'm picking and choosing, okay? But I can tell you, if you have a short amount of time as a coach, as a teacher, you better start at the beginning, okay? So, um, I know this doesn't seem like starting at the beginning, but I just want to reinforce this. Jesus, Paul, rabbis, when they say Scripture, they mean Old Testament. Does that look familiar to y'all? See, I jumped right in the New Testament because that's what we're familiar with. Does 2 Timothy 3.16 ring a bell to y'all? Yes? It's a favorite of all of our brotherhoods. Yes? Somebody flip to whatever version you have. I always use my phone. This Bible Gateway is awesome. Um, and somebody read 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Okay, go. That's okay, go ahead. They'll get there. Yep. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, Jesus, in, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, that's Paul to Timothy. Yeah? Did you hear him say, from childhood, you've been acquainted with the Holy Scriptures? Yeah? Because mm -hmm. Timothy was Greek, but he was Jewish, so he had memorized the first five books, just like Paul had. Paul's saying, hey, we all memorize this. Hey, and all Scripture is good for teaching and reproof. But which Scripture is he talking about? Well, he's not talking about the book of 2 Timothy. Because he's, he's right. I mean, this is in the, he's writing that letter to Timothy. What scripture is he talking about? Old Testament. Specifically, what he'd memorized as a child, which is the Torah. First five books. Yes? Yeah? Because let's be honest. The judges and the, I mean, the judges is, I mean, you know, that stuff's okay. And then you've got like David and Solomon and that's, you know, the kings. Those are the history books, right? And then you've got like Solomon's wisdom writings, which the rabbis didn't let anyone read until they were 33 because there's some pretty X-rated stuff in there, okay? You think Solomon, lots of wives, he was pretty obsessed with women, okay? Um, 
I'm not trying to get you to study the Song of Solomon here. Wait till you're 30. Okay? Um, and then you've got a bunch of prophets running around, and basically the prophets are running around saying, change your ways or die. I mean, yes, there's some more in there. You've got Daniel, who we studied, who's in captivity. But, I mean, it repeats on a theme, right? You've strayed, come back. You've strayed, come back. You've strayed, come back. Yes? So where are most of the stories that have to do with who God is and how God interacts with His people? Well, they're in the first five. Yeah? Okay. So, we're going to go to the beginning. That's what the rabbis would do if they were trying to teach you who God was and how He interacts with people. Which is important to know. Jesus claims that He's just bringing about the will of the Father. So it would be important to know the Father. Yes? I would think. Okay? Alright. Okay. Here's the big caution. If we want to have a relationship with God, like a family relationship, like father to children, Relationships are always complicated. And your relationship may not look like mine. I, I grew up with uh, two sisters and a brother, and none of us had the same relationship with our parents. If you have siblings, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a middle child, you probably think that your parents like your oldest child or youngest, your oldest or youngest sibling better than you. If you're the oldest child, you think that your parents are easier on the younger siblings, and they are. As an oldest child, I will verify that. As a parent, I will verify it because after one or two, you're so tired, you just don't have the energy to be as, as tight with the last few. Okay? So, if we're looking for relationship, which, which I think is the key, that may look different for all of us. Here's the cool thing. Okay? God's big enough to have the kind of relationship you need with you and the kind of relationship I need with me. When we study God and how He relates to people, we may see some things that are disturbing to us because that's not our relationship with God. Or we've never thought of God that way. We may see some things that this side of the room sees differently than this side of the room. My relationship with my wife is very different than her relationship with her best friend. Same person. Two completely different views on that person, both of which are at least somewhat valid. Yes? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Again, this is something someone else said, a much wiser person than me. was talking about his wife. My wife and I have been married for 27 years. I probably know her better than any other human on the earth, than I know any other human on the earth. Okay? Daily, she still does things where I have to stop and go, what just happened? What? That was completely unexpected. And I, you can imagine living with me, that happens more than daily for her. If people are so complex, that you can live intimately with them for 27 years 
and still be surprised by them, not know them well enough to predict the way they're going to act all the time, how much more complex is the God who created those people? I think one mistake that we make in our minds is that we know who God is and how He's going to act. That's a horrible mistake. It's a pride mistake. I don't, I don't know completely who my wife is and how she's going to act or react. What makes me think that I know anything about how a God is going to act or react except what He reveals? And even when He reveals it in, in a certain situation, I could misinterpret that. Or, and this is what the rabbis would say, there may be multiple interpretations. A God who's complex could reveal a situation. There might be layers of meaning there that different people will pull out, and all of them could be valid, or none of them could be valid. So a class like this only works. You notice I, I put the stand over there and sat down. A class like this only works if we're all willing to participate and talk. Because what you see is valid or not valid, but it's as valid as what I see, especially since I'm going to pull stories out that are disturbing or surprising or because that's where you learn. There's an educational theory that says learning only happens when you get uncomfortable because if you're comfortable, you already knew it. Think back to the classes that you've taken. Which ones made you uncomfortable? Math? At some point you hit a math class that made you uncomfortable. Yes? Now, math was my thing. That doesn't mean that I wasn't uncomfortable sometimes in math because there was stuff I didn't know how to do and I had to work hard to figure it out. Yes? Yeah, physics or chemistry? Yeah. Third year language? When you, when you don't just memorize anymore, you have to start speaking it and writing it. Physical science. Yeah. Yes, which is physics and chemistry, right? Because you hit stuff you didn't know before, and you have to learn it, and that's actually hard and uncomfortable. Yes? Expect to get uncomfortable. That's okay. Religion should never be real comfortable. it should be comforting and there's a difference. Okay? Religion should never be humdrum. I'm hearing the same thing all the time. I'm never getting challenged. God challenges people. Think about the people that God picks as the leaders and what He put them through. They're never comfortable. Right? Because a relationship with a God is by definition going to be a super challenging and sometimes very uncomfortable relationship. And if you, if you haven't ever heard that before, it's because you've not studied the Old Testament. Okay? Now, I'm going to pause here. How many people are uncomfortable already? Okay. Then we're going to go on. All right. So there's my participation. All right? Hopefully you'll get surprised, maybe a little disturbed. And, and if we're doing this right, we'll disagree. And that's okay. I am not the end-all, be-all. Neither are you. I said this to my class the other day. They about dropped over dead in shock. I said, you're not special.
You should have seen it. I, some of them about cried. I could see them wiping tears. What do you mean I'm not special? My mommy says I'm special. <laughs> right? And, and I do this a lot, right? You know, anyone, if you've played athletics, you, you know, what is this? It's the world's smallest violin playing My Heart Bleeds for You. Yeah. Right? What is this? Same song in stereo, right? Right? What? None of us are special. We're limited human beings with a limited time of learning, trying to study the God who created it all. Now look, I love science. You know why? It makes me uncomfortable all the freaking time. But I learn lots of good stuff. Yes? Get used to being uncomfortable. And it's okay to disagree. Larlene, that's my wife. Do we disagree? No, I'm not talking about fight. So here's, here's something that you guys saw this year especially. You saw horrible examples of disagreement. Because this side, when they disagreed with this side, said this side was evil. And this side, when they disagreed with this side, said this side was evil. Disagreement? Someone who disagrees with you is not your enemy. In fact, if they're willing to tell you they disagree with you, they're your friend. I want you to just think about that for a little bit. Only people who care for each other are willing to voice disagreement without turning it into enemy. And so we need to be willing to disagree. And you need to be willing to disagree with me. I'm old compared to y'all. That doesn't make me the end-all, be-all interpreter of this. We're going to start out in Genesis. The earliest writings that we have where people are commenting on Genesis are 300 B.C. writings from rabbis. Do you think they agreed with each other? Do you? No! And they haven't since. I, I, just for fun, because I'm this kind of geeky nerd, last night I spent about two hours on Jewish websites, rabbinical websites, reading about different interpretations of the Genesis story. Not one was the same as any of the others. Not one. And one guy who was a real good historian said, and then there was this rabbi who said this, and this, and he went back, there were, there's like, <clears throat> there's umpteen gajillion slants on this from the rabbis who've been studying it way longer than Christians have. Yeah? So that's a good place to start. What they all agreed on was this. Because this is hard to understand, it must be important. And it definitely tells us some things about God. And if it makes us uncomfortable and we have disagreement, learning happens there. And our minds open up to what God may be trying to tell us. Us. Because He may be telling you something different than me. I know that's a weird concept because our brotherhood wants to put everything in nice, we like things in boxes. We, we produce a lot of engineers and accountants. Those are great people. But, but engineering needs things to be quantifiable in, in formulas. And accountants need things to always line up. Yes? And relationships are messier than that. Surely you know this by now. You're old enough to have had some relationships that were messy. 
Yes? Okay. All right. So, this is Genesis uh, about Adam naming. Uh, I don't need you guys to read this. We all know the story. Somebody tell me. God creates Adam and Eve. This is the first part where the rabbis disagree. There's, there's three creation events in Genesis. Okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis 1-1. In Hebrew, the, the sense of that is complete. So there's the creation story. All the rabbis agree with that, by the way. It's done. Okay? And, and the message of that one, they all agree with. It's the only thing they all agree with. God did it. Okay? Then it goes back and talks about the days, right? We all know this story. I, I didn't have us read it because we all know it. Yes? The days on day one, light from darkness, blah, 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 all the way through. Yeah? Yeah? So creation is done, and now it's going to go back and, and talk about, and here's sort of the sequence. Yeah? Now, the rabbis split about evenly. Is this literal, or is it a figurative thing? And if it is literal, is it literal in a broad sense, like this is this literal sequence? Or is it literal like these things literally got created on these days? You know what I'm saying? I'm just tossing it out there that rabbis and Christians disagree on this. Okay? All right? And then we get humans created on the last day. And the fascinating thing is, it says, on, on the sixth day, God created man and woman. And then we go back again, and it's like, it's like expanding, like God created, and then we're going to expand that picture and look at some details. And then God created man and woman, and we're going to expand that picture and look at some details. Right? So that's where we are here. So, so God creates man. By the way, Adam. Yes? Name of the actual guy or name for all of humankind? You tell me. Go. Humankind. We have one for humankind. Because I remember something about several references calling all of mankind the seed of Adam. Okay. Well, seed of Adam. So he could have been a man if, ever, if all humans descended from him. Seed of Adam would be all mankind, right? Who, who thinks Adam was a literal guy? An actual human male. Okay. Who thinks that Adam means humanity? in general. Okay. The rabbis would say Adam may have been a, a, a male, but the important part of this story is it's humankind. Now, here's why. Guess what the Hebrew word for humankind is? It's Adam. Adam is Hebrew for mankind. And so right away you see multiple layers in this story. Did that make you uncomfortable? I hope so. Okay? I'm not saying the rabbis are right. Some rabbis think that he was a single guy who represented humankind and all humans descended from him. Some just think that this is a story that God gave us about how humans fell. They wouldn't call it fell, sinned. They don't, they don't get into original sin in the fall. That's not a Hebrew concept. That's a Christian concept. Christian writers brought that out in the New Testament. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying... That's a difference in the way that a Jewish person and a Christian would look at this. Adam is the Hebrew word for mankind. And Eve is a derivative of a Hebrew and pagan word, meaning um, 
it, it literally means daughter of the morning, but it also is a derivative of a word that means fertile or having lots of children. Okay? So Adam and Eve could just as easily be a bigger concept of mankind who was fertile that we all descended from. Yes or no? Does it alter the story at all if they're real human beings or they represent all of humankind? I'm asking. Does it alter the story? Really? I don't know. We say yes here. How does it alter the story? I, I'm just asking. Look, I mean, this is discussion, right? What would alter, what would alter about this? Because you know the story we're getting ready to go through, right? You know if it's called crime and punishment, you've got to start with the original crime. Yes? The original interaction of people with God. I've got my alarm set. It hasn't gone off yet. She's my timekeeper. Again, the Vivance doesn't make me time sensitive either. Okay. Okay. So, so if, okay, I, good. Okay. So it changes it from it's all of our fault, it's humankind's fault, to it's Adam's fault, and we inherited that fault through him. But in the end, are we all at fault? If it was a man and we inherited his tendency to sin, and Eve's too, Eve's complicit. Yes? In fact, I would, I don't want to get into this, but I would contend that Eve is in charge. But um, that's a different study. The rabbis don't like that interpretation. They like, they like a nice submissive Eve. Um, either we all descended from Adam and Eve and picked up their tendency, or we were all that, I mean, this is humankind. But either way, does it change the fact that we all have this tendency to rebel? Okay. So, interestingly enough, if this is, by the way, this helps me think that this story is actually a story that God intended for us to have, not just something that somebody made up. Okay? Because, amazingly, you look at the different layers and different ways people look at it, and you still end up with kind of the same sorts of conclusions, maybe not all the same, about who... Are we complicit? Okay? So, Adam names all the animals, right? Why is he naming the animals? God said, you're the, you're the master and keeper of all these animals. You, you get the privilege of naming them. How long has it been since you've read this story? Long time. Have you ever actually read it yourself? Because I was in college and I'd never actually read it myself. I'd had it in Bible class a lot. A little felt board. Right? Y'all know what a felt board is? Yep. Yeah. It's 1950s technology. You, know, you stick that thing up. It's before Velcro, you know. Yeah. Have, have you ever read this on your own? I mean, like, really read it. Don't be ashamed. I hadn't until I was in college. Okay. So this is where we're starting. This is just the introduction. We're going we're gonna to look at this story. But before we can do that, 
you need to read it and think about it. Okay? Because, again, this only works if we're discussing. Yes? Okay? So I've gotten you... This is where Adam starts naming the animals. Okay? It's not Genesis 1. It's Genesis 2. Okay? Okay? Start in Genesis 2 and read the story through until Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden. Because I'm not giving anything away. We all know that happens. Yes? Okay? And, and, and here's what... I just want to tell you some things that you should focus on. Okay? In old stories, and this had to be passed down orally before it was written down, Hebrew wasn't invented until 600 B.C. The David, the, the Hebrew language was not its own language until about David. It's a derivative of the other languages that were used around them. Okay? And so this couldn't have been written down by Hebrew writers until then. If Moses wrote it, which is what the rabbis would say, Moses wrote down the Torah and stored it in the Ark of the Covenant, yes? He almost certainly wrote it in Egyptian. That's the, because, because the children of Israel all spoke Egyptian. 400 years living in a country, you speak that country's language. They didn't have their own language going in. Abraham wasn't Hebrew. He was Cushite or whatever. I know this is blowing some of your minds, but just think about it. It'll, it'll make sense. Yes? So this was an oral story for several thousand years that parents would pass down to the next generation to teach them about God. Okay? And in oral stories, there are certain ways that, that you point at things. Okay? One way is you repeat words over and over again. So as you're reading this, look for words or phrases that repeat. And another way is you, you change the story suddenly so that it doesn't seem to, it's called a break, where it doesn't seem to make sense with what you were just setting up. Like a, a common sense person will look at it and go, that doesn't make any sense to me because that makes somebody stop and go back and think about what's just happened and what's going to happen. Does that make sense to y'all? So when you read this, look for repeated words and like, where your brain goes, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah? And when we talk about it, I'll let you guys tell me, hey, what parts of this just didn't make sense to you at all? What parts did you, I mean, what were some words that you saw that just repeated over and over again? Because that's what we want to focus on. That's, that's where whoever brought this story up to start with, and I would contend it's God, he gave this to people and said, pass this down. This is what I want to reveal about myself. That that's, that's the parts that are truly revealing. Okay? All right? I know we didn't get to do it, but, I mean, introductions are important. Okay? Anybody have any questions, comments? Something like I told me about Genesis, whenever you read when God creates Adam, it doesn't say how long Adam was by himself before he was created. There's been days, weeks. Yeah, so just in a general sense, yes, exactly. In fact, they both get created on the sixth day. That's in Genesis 1. It says male and female he created on this day. So I don't want to get into, I mean, certainly we can get into like details that the story wasn't meant to convey, like when did this happen or were these literal 24-hour days? And isn't it funny that we all fuss and fight about that rather than about the, what the story was meant to convey? The Genesis story was an oral story given to pr almost prehistoric people. 
It certainly wasn't meant to convey how God created or when God created. It probably was meant to convey, hey, God created. This wasn't an accident. And here's, here's how God related to people, and, and, and this is an important part of it because we screwed things up. Yes? But I don't, I don't know. All right. By the way, churches have split over whether you interpret Genesis literally or figuratively, which to me is a horrible tragedy because they didn't understand we can disagree and still love each other. Yes? Okay. All right. So your job, this will not take you 10 minutes, is read through the story, but read it on your own and look for words or weird breaks where you go, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah? Okay. We'll see you guys next week.